ravage love. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. It's episode 34, season five of Ravage Love, and we're still doing the Naughty Noel. It's Naughty Noel. Hello, Renee. We have two episodes left of Naughty Noel and of this season. Of this season. Season five. Season is almost wrapped. Almost. That's a wrap on season five, close to. We have two more episodes, two more Naughty Noels to deliver, and uh, we are delivering the goods. We are week after week after week. Um, And this week is no exception. And as per usual, if you are new to the podcast, he's new. Welcome. We're so glad to have you here. Every week we read uh, two different books on the same theme and we do not consult each other on what the books are beforehand. That's a question I often get from people is like, did you pick? I'm like, nope, I have no clue what Renee's reading. We've never once shown up with the same book, which I think is very telling about mm-hmm. the breadth of romance and erotica that is available out there because some of our themes have been very specific and yet yes. we've never had any overlap, which is great. No, but you know, it is the fastest growing uh, book area in, in literature right now. So Huge. I know that because my algorithm, that's all it's telling me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. But it's true, like, if you go to Indigo, which I don't recommend because they support Israel, and here on our podcast, we support Palestine, but (laughs) if you're going to any, like, even Perfect Books, shout out Perfect Books, which is a local independent bookstore here in Ottawa, my favorite bookstore, they usually, like a lot of independent bookstores, have, you know, the classics, contemporaries, nonfiction, things like that, and they now have a prominent romance display at the front because... Romance has always been one of the most popular genres of books ever. But yeah, since book talk, since the pandemic in particular, book talk really took off and people like Colleen Hoover, um, but also like legit good romance have just popped the fuck off. And so we did not know that when we came up with this idea a few years before the pandemic or even when we launched our podcast that we would be really um, hitting the perfect storm of people are really interested in romance novels and we went into this as novices i still feel like a novice because like you we only read romance in the context of the podcast like i'm not reading romance if we're not recording frankly (laughs) sorry not sorry uh you're reading spooky books i'm reading like historical shit and memoirs and other things but it has been really interesting throughout our journey on this podcast to see the evolution of romance and how like visibly, literally prominent it is in bookstores and in conversations and publishing that just were not happening in 2019. 100%. And you know what? Women uh, have been uh, dissatisfied with their lovers um, since the dawn of time. And um, now romance books are for everybody. And that's progress, people. Yes, yes. And we also love to see how this like love, this new interest in romance, like even we see when we're looking through our books, that you're seeing way more diverse authors getting Mm -hmm. prominence, diverse characters. Like you are not seeing this level of like black, fat, disabled woman meets blah, blah, blah. Like that was not a book that you were going to find in the mainstream at a Coles or a chapter. Like it just wasn't. And now it is. And that's super no, you weren't, rad. You weren't getting Mothman romances back in the 1970s. <laughs> We've come a long way. I mean, there's also that. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to Christmas, y'all, since the dawn of romance novels, Christmas has always inspired people to think of love and to think of fucking. And usually during Naughty Noel, I try to do a balance of a bit of both. And uh, I'm going to end with different tones and such, but today we're straight fucking. We're straight fucking in my story, Renee. Noise. Because my story was The Twelve Kinks of Christmas by Sean Michael, who is a Canadian author. I think possibly an Ottawa author as well. Yeah, there were some beaver tails mentions in the bio, which I loved. Um, So he is a Canadian author of lots of different genres of books. So he's written like not just romance and erotica, but um, some paranormal stuff and some, you know, contemporary fiction. Um, This particular story came out, 
I think I, the way I'm understanding it is that he might have self-published it or published it through someone else in 2007, and then it was republished through this particular publisher in 2019. Um, has a cute little cover, actually. I thought, like, oh, for a little Kobo book, it's quite cute. Uh, it's a short book. I was like, like a story. It's basically like 40 some odd pages, and um, pretty straightforward story. So you have Kit and Jasper, who are two queer men who are the best of friends, and they are both photographers. And Kit has a big old crush on his buddy Jasper. And so he hatches a plan to create 12, a series of 12 filthy, kinky things that he takes pictures of and then anonymously emails to Jasper and thinks it's kind of like flirty. And this is a new concept. Like I've never read a book where that was a premise. So I thought that was a very interesting premise is like, I'm gonna flirt with my crush via sending them like sexy photos. But instead of just like, here's a picture of my cock, it's like, here's a rainbow butt bug. Here are some nipple clamps. And like on the sixth day of Christmas, it was this, it was this. And Jasper, he's been doing this. He's gone all the way up to 11 days of Christmas. So we've sent him 11 different photos. And um, Jasper comes over one day and is like, hey, I just got us a contract to go to Ireland and to do some photography for a month. So do you want to go to Ireland for the month? And he was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that sounds amazing. I get to come along. And he's like, yeah, yeah I told the client it's going to take two people. So we're going to go. And he's like, oh my God, amazing. And he's like, wait, what's, what's going on? It looks like you were doing a shoot over here. And he's like, um, 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 and like tries to cover it up. And then Jasper's like, it was you. I fucking suspected it was you. And it was you. And he's like, it was me. And then Jasper like kisses him. And Kit's like, oh my God, it's happening. And he's like, I've had a crush on you for so long. And he was just like, yeah, I recognized your style of photography. And I was like, it was so hot to me to like picture all of these things and like picturing us using those things. And then that's the story is they just fuck using various accoutrements that were featured in the 12 Kinks of Christmas photo shoot. So there's nipple clamps, there's plugs, there's restraints, there's all kinds of nonsense. Um, and they just bang a rang for the rest of the book. And then oh. they were like, Merry Christmas. We're going to have a great Christmas. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to give it five out of five for spice because it's very okay. spicy and it wasn't, um, yeah, like it was hot sex scenes. Like it wasn't just like gratuitous. We did this and this and this, um, there was like some sweetness to it because they really do like each other. My issue with this book, okay, okay, is the amount of times that they call each other buddy. Oh, because they're Canadians, probably. But, like, it made me think of, did you ever watch the Boz Lorman rendition of, um, oh my god, Greg Gatsby? Yeah. Okay, do you remember how Leonardo DiCaprio says sport? like 8,000 yeah. times and it's so annoying. Yeah. That's what that, that's what annoying. If he had <laughs> literally gone through and said, find the word buddy and then just removed it, I would have had zero, zero complaints about this book. But the amount of times <laughs> he calls him buddy. And again, I'm like, I get it. We're Canadian. You're going to say, hey, bud. Hey, bud. But like, are you balls deep in someone saying buddy? Like, we're not buddies at this point. <laughs> like, we're lovers. <laughs> lovers. <laughs> So, okay, was, did he call him buddy while he was inside of him? Yes. Oh, red flag. Break yeah. up. <laughs> Dump his ass. Dump his ass. Like, it, yeah, and, like, there were other things, too. Like, he said his name, he called him honey, he called him love, and, like, you know, there's other things. But the amount of times that they were like, hey, buddy, are we doing this, buddy? And I was like, are you trying to give off, like, a frat boy vibe? What, or is it Canadian? I didn't know. So anyways. It's like a Shorzy situation. Exactly. He's like, he's like, hey, bud. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, what's up to, bud? That was the energy. Um, so didn't love that. But otherwise, very hot. If you want a little, like, just a little, whew, get a little rosy cheeks during the holiday season, I would absolutely recommend the 12 Kings of Christmas. And in terms of the accoutrement, I mean, he spelled it out for me because he gave me 12 accoutrements. So I'm going to choose the rainbow butt plug that was made with rainbow glass. So I'm assuming it's like a princess plug with a spectrum of beautiful rainbow colors that he uses on his lover. And um, 
That was The Twelve Queens of Christmas by Shawn Michael. That was me. Wow. You know what? If anybody ever did that to me and I didn't, I wasn't sure who it was, I would, it would be like the beginning of a horror movie to me. I'd be like, leave me alone. I'd oh. be like calling the cops and stuff. Oh, it's very Plus, he didn't know his. He didn't know his, his, his like work buddy's phone number. No, it was an email. Him to Ireland? He was, it was email. Oh, it was an email. He was emailing him too. Yeah, he was oh. emailing him the photos. Yeah. That's even worse. Then you know, then you, I, I would think it's like an, like a boomer. Like, Honestly, please, please. No way. It honestly, and it's very gendered. Also, like as a woman, if someone's sending me unsolicited photos of nipple clamps, I, I got questions. Like, yeah, that's just that's how it's going to be for me. But for them, for men, let them have it. I guess. The only time it wouldn't bother me is if it was like my mom, and she was like, "Don't buy these. They did not hold the turkey together at Thanksgiving." You know, <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, you sweet angel." You know, then it's okay that I put on the internet. We laugh, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah. But again, if you suspend, if you realize that like these are two gay men, and yeah. you, you know, and they do, I don't know what kind of photography it could be sexy erotica for it's all I know. Landscapes, <laughs> landscape. Well, their trip to Hotels. Ireland, their trip to Ireland is literally to take photo of Irish pubs. So kind of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, well, you know what? Good for them. Good for them. Good for you. Yeah. What did you read this week? Um, I read All I Want for Christmas is Utah Raptor uh, by Lola Faust, who wrote Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer, you'll remember. Um, And I finally read like a bit about the author, which I thought was super cool. So it says here, from an early age, Lola Faust's fantasies and reveries tilted towards the baroque the unusual and the eccentric <laughs> Same. Uh, though she entertained curious pr- private journals it wasn't until she entered the paleontology program at the university of british columbia oh that her fantastic and yeah her fantastic and romantic notions concerning dinosaurs took full flight while working towards her doctorate miss faust began writing her signature uh saurian prose today she's employed by day at a leading university in her field but maintains her anonymous and risque personality online <laughs> oh i love this yeah i was just like okay cool good for you good for you and like the best covers always right oh, yeah um big fan so all I want for Christmas is Utah Raptor. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, before I get into anything, I'm gonna give you her list of trigger, trigger warnings because they are hilarious. So here we go. Okay. Christmas trees, or Christmas bracket trees and otherwise, jewelry, Jeff Koontz, uh, coffee, capitalism, generational wealth, management consulting, private equity, Utah, Chicago, Australia, Etsy, antiques, cigars, cottages, mountains, lakes, ducks, fishing, dysfunctional families, functional families, previous loss of parent, financial abuse, breakups, dinosaurs, dinosaur sex, feathers, dinosaur feathers, high school, hockey, Canadians, universities, Tinder, alcoholism, food trucks, car dealerships, creepy older men, vintage buses, casseroles, miniature marshmallows, salads, conventional and Midwestern American, Salt Flats, Helicopters, Birthday Cakes, French Press, Coffee, In-Laws, Legal and Common Law, Marriage, Organized Religion, Disorganized Religion, Edmund Spencer, uh, E.T., Alligators, Brackets Imagined, uh, Water Treatment Plants, Dictation Software, and Nostalgia. And I was like, who are they, who are they triggering? <laughs> <laughs> who are these for, Lola? I love that. That's incredible. <laughs> You're like, are you triggered by Canadians? Then don't read this book. <laughs> it's not for you. Um... Or don't read Julie's book, I guess. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So, Jeff Koons. Do you know who that is? He, he's actually Jeff Koon. He's a he's a sculptor. He makes those like big giant balloon sculptures that like balloons, like the dog. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. So she changed his name to Koons in this like Dean Koons, gotcha, <laughs> but it's gotcha. it's the same guy. Okay. So Holly course i had a noel last week this is holly (laughs) holly um has just been given a gift by her boyfriend of four years thad and it's a rose gold chain with a pendant that resembles a heart if the heart was a balloon animal um half of it is white gold the other half is yellow gold and it's bulging and she describes it as being streaked with white and pink like a raw wagyu steak so it's ugly this thing's ugly but here's the thing is that Holly is an art historian 
she's she's she sells antiques on Etsy now, but she's she has a degree in art history. Like this is she loves art. Okay, so he's given her this very ugly necklace. And he's like, it's an original. And I saw it in our gallery in Miami and it's impossible to get. But my father made some calls and I thought you'd appreciate it since you like art. And so she's on the, on the, on the brink at this point with this guy, because he started out being like lovely and considerate and would like make her coffee every single morning. She'd wake up to that smell. And now, uh, he has gotten a job at his, at his dad's company and he's like, in, like very, very involved in like, I don't know, like stock shit or something. Right. He just is all about making money and he's just become like a shadow of his former self. And so this necklace represents that to her, that they used to go antiquing so she could find antiques for her shop. And like, he really like got her and knew all about her and, and but that's not what she's about now. So she's really hurt and she starts to cry, but she's, but they're outside. So she's like, you know, what? I'm just cold. I'm just cold. And he's like, uh, oh, okay. And he's like, well, um, you know what? You're so sexy and I'm really going to miss you. And she's like, yeah, well, enjoy your ski trip with the guys. And he's like, well, don't be like that. You know, it, it was, it's for work. You know that I'm trying to close this deal, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I know. I told you, you should go and enjoy it. And he's like, well, that's the way you said it. And she's like, okay. Um, so he, um, is going to go off on this ski trip, but before that happens, she's like, okay, well let's go meet Rob and Don for dinner. And he's like, Oh, you know, about dinner, I can't do it. Cause I have to go try and close this deal. And she's like, okay, but they're here from Australia. Like they they're coming to this, to our city just to see us just for this dinner. Like you knew this was happening. And she's, he's like, this is really important. Like I have to do it. And she's like, okay, well it's December 22nd. Like everybody is on vacation already. And he's like, no, no, look, it's, it's, it's important. I got to go do this. Um, and he's like, you know, but call me when you're done. Like maybe stop by the office after we'll have some fun. And she's like, Oh, all right. Okay. Let's, Sounds good. She goes to dinner and her friend Dawn is like, what do you mean? Like, she's very upset. And the reason they point this out is because they met at the University of Toronto. Hey yeah. And um, it was, she, she met Dawn during the weekly hockey night in Canada watch party. <laughs> and Dawn had been shrieking loudly at the various deficiency of the Maple Leafs gamership, gamer, game, gamesmanship. There you go. Um, and she was, she disagrees. So she was like, I'm going to go teach that lady a piece of my mind, but then they become best friends. So best friends. And then Dawn meets, um, this, uh, PhD student from Australia while they're in university. And he is studying the implications of DNA deterioration on the culture of dinosaur populations in Tasmania. So Holly loves dinosaurs, obviously, like she, she thinks they're great because when she was growing up in Utah, um, she went to school at like, I guess like a school that was like trying to integrate dinosaurs into, uh, like human life. Um, mm. and so I don't know if you remember from the last Lola Faust book I read, but there, they explain it that scientists kind of like woke up the dinosaurs or brought them back to life or whatever Jurassic park style, <laughs> but the dinosaurs were smart and were able to learn language and were able to, um, communicate and all these things. So dinosaurs live in the world with humans. Okay. Gotcha. So she went to school with dinosaurs, but she, and she thinks they're cool. She thinks they're really great. She is not, um, like a bigot towards dinosaurs or anything. And neither is Rob and neither is Don. But um, they're looking at her necklace and they're like, that's pretty ugly. And uh, and she's like, yeah. And they're like, look, we love you. Um, but like, I don't think you're happy anymore. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, and she's just like torn because she's like, it's four years, right? Like it's four years without of being with this guy. Like, do I really want to throw all that away? So the next chapter we meet Thad's family and they're all named Thad, 
like the dad is big Thad and then <laughs> Thad is little Thad, but then there was like bigger Thad and biggest Thad. Okay. Who are like the, the grandparents. Um, <laughs> and his dad, big Thad is like coming onto Holly and stuff. And he's like, Oh, I gross. Ha, 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 ha. Um, and they're just kind of, talking about how important money is basically the whole time. Um, and she just like is feeling more and more disconnected from these people. And, um, then she mentions that she's going home for Christmas cause she hasn't been home in three years. And she really misses like her family and stuff. Right. So she is kind of listening to Thad and his brother, fighting and stuff. And she starts to kind of like have this memory of when she was in high school and she met Rocky and Rocky was the Utah Saurus or yeah, Utah Raptor that she went to school with. And she's been thinking about him ever since. Like she can't stop thinking about him and she, you know, misses him and, and wishes that she could like get to know him again. Well, guess what? She lands in Utah and her, her dad picks her up the airport and they go home and she can see the Christmas tree and her dad has a cane. So she's like, well, it looks so good, dad. Like you could have waited. I could have helped you when I got here. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, our friends, Harry and, uh, his wife, uh, they came over, they helped. And then your high school friend came over and helped. And she's like my high school friend. And he's like, Oh, your friend Rocky. And she's like, Rocky was here. And she's all excited. She's like, do you have his contact number? Do you have everything that I need? And he's like, He's like, I don't, but Uncle Harry does. And um, they're coming over later. They're going to bring food. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So she is so excited because um, Uncle Harry and Aunt Lorraine are, like, heavy-duty Mormons. But, like, when her mom passed away, um, they, like, really took care of her. And we hear this whole story about how, like, her dad helped Uncle Harry get through alcoholism and give him a chance and all this stuff. Anyway beautiful and then Aunt Lorraine is just like hilarious and amazing and so she shows up with like tons of food like a gajillion casseroles and then because they're celebrating Christmas she's like I also made a cake for the baby Jesus because his birthday's tomorrow I was like oh I love it I love it so much um so they're they're wrapping up their dinner there's a knock at the door and it's Rocky the dinosaur Ooh. Rocky Raptor shows up and he is like, Oh my God. Hey. Um, and, uh, he brings like a can of quality street chocolates. I was like, huh, what a, what a guy. What a guy. <laughs> and so, um, she's like, Oh my God, can I go out with Rocky for like a drive? And his, her dad's like, yeah, of course you can. So she hops in the car with Rocky. Okay. Sorry. She hops in the huge VW bus with its top shorn off. Love um, it. Love with it. Rocky. Love it. And they go for a drive and he takes her to the salt flats because they're in Utah. And the salt flats is where the dinosaurs live. So I guess uh, the Utah government made them a bunch of caves in, in the rocks around the salt flats, I guess. Um, and, sh and so they're just like catching up and stuff. And she's like, hey... Um, do you have more privacy than you did when we were teenagers? And he's like, I have my own place. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't, would you be interested in like doing things we couldn't do in high school because your room didn't have a door that closed? And she's like, or like we could try. And he's like, well, I don't want to hurt you. And I've never been with a human. And he's like, well, have you ever, or she's like, have you ever been with another dino? And he's like, no. And then they have this whole thing about like, Nobody ever measured up to you. And so uh, he basically is just like, okay, we're doing this. So he like pulls her up with like his little claws and bursts into his house and then um, throws her down on his giant dinosaur bed. And then he like licks her whole entire body and she loves it. And he's like, is it true that humans can do that? Be meaning like orgasm, like females. Um, multiple times and she's like it is true he's like in that case and then he whips out his dick <laughs> big old dinosaur dick and so he is he... literally a dinosaur like it's not like a centaur situation no no the, 
The dino's not a shifter. This is a real honest-to-God dinosaur, just like in Wet Hot Allosaurus Summer. You remember? I don't know if you remember. He oh, like, remember. ate her arms. He oh. ate her arms off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she still loved it. She's like, I love you. Goodbye, Jenny, forever. And because uh, like she was on a dinosaur farm. I don't know. I remember it more, maybe more vividly than you. Um, no, I just, I want to remind our listeners is what I'm trying to do. That like, Yeah, no, this is a real dinosaur. This is a, a, a Utah, a Utah raptor. It's very, it really, it's really real. Um, Sorry, just so, wanted to clarify. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, you know what? You're doing a, you're doing a service. So, um, <laughs> they, um, they fought. And he comes this big giant dinosaur load and it like spills out of her. And she's like, I love you, Rocky. And he's like, I love you too. And, um, but then she says they're like snuggling and they hear this sound. It sounds like a giant, like, like a giant bug or something outside. Well, wouldn't it be Thad? And Big Thad in a helicopter. <laughs> and they touch down right in front of Rocky's house. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Uh, you said you're on a ski trip. Um, she'd also resolved to, like, break up with him at this point. So just for the record. Um, and uh, he's like, okay, well, they they weren't ready to close the deal yet. And so I wanted to come back and see you for Christmas so you could watch me open my presents. Uh, and when you weren't at your dad's place, I had to find you. So I had my buddy trace your phone. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't think I'd find you here with that thing. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like a dinosaur. Like what the fuck? And she's like, um, you can go fuck yourself. And you know, it's basically like, I don't, I don't need you. I don't need your money. I don't like your family. I don't want that for myself. I am a strong independent woman. I don't need no man. I only need this dinosaur and get bent basically and then he's like well i want my necklace back and she's like fine so she throws at him and then rocky stomps on it and then he then little thad's like oh you're gonna pay for that even if it takes you a million years and then uh rocky goes over and like picks him up by the scruff of his shirt and tosses him in the helicopter he's like get out of here and um then they're they're together forever um, and then the epilogue is them getting married, but because she wants to get married in the Mormon church and the church is like, we can't do that. I'd really love to, but I can't, they decided to do it at city hall. And then, um, because her, her family is part of the church, she doesn't expect to see them, but they show up and they show up for her and they're like, we love you. And then we learn from her friend, Rob, who's like the dinosaur scientist. He's like, actually we've, we've gotten pretty advanced with our ability to like, Help dinosaurs and people with babies. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, very spicy. I mean, yeah, very spicy. I don't even know. It's, I don't know. What, I don't know what else to say about that. It, you know, I, it takes a lot for me to say like something's not spicy. Yeah. Um, just cause I'm lonely. Right. I think is, <laughs> is the bottom line. Um, Your threshold is different. <laughs> it really is like, he, okay, Rocky Raptor was very polite. He like was asking, he was asking questions. He understood consent, even though he's a predator and a giant, a giant dinosaur. He didn't, he wouldn't necessarily need a, need a consent, but that was what humanized him, you know? And in this really, it was the people that were the monsters, not the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he, like he wants to kiss her and he asks and then like, he, you know, goes down on her first. And like, obviously she can't, she can't suck his dick because it's humongous. Right. But like she, she does her best and he's like, I love it. But then he's like, let's bang it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, he, he had her back right during the show. Yeah. 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 Went, yeah. Protected her. And, uh, he protected her from like, white trash and i say that because they're like billionaires right yeah, yeah. um because you know like you and i like we're white trash like we would i would never oh yeah no no we do not say that disparagingly it is our people this is how we were yeah. raised so yeah i'm sad so uh, it's just 
is what it is, I guess. So what do you, what the shit are you going to read, dude? Well, uh, it's a little long. I'm just going to see if I could like cut this down a bit because we don't need, we don't need all of the nuance, right? Like that's crazy. <laughs> like let, let, let them have their privacy, you know? Okay. All right. All right. I want to get the best, the best one-liners in there. Yes. Know? Give me some zingers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Let's see here. Okay. I want you to know what his breath smells like. So it's going to be a little bit longer um, just because I need, I know. So now like you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So he's just asked if he can kiss her. Okay. Here we go. I hope, I hope Josh does like a dinosaur voice over my voice. <laughs> um, like something like just really good and dinosaur-y. Um, but like I'm opening, if Josh, if you're listening, I'm opening with the dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> just if, if you want to, if you want to, if you want, like no, no pressure. Okay. Here we go. Is this okay? Rocky whispered to her, a glorious fount of meat breath that bathed her face in a, del a delicate mist of saliva. Yes, whispered Holly. Yes, it's wonderful. Rocky flicked his tongue uh, out to lick each of Holly's lips in turn. His tongue was long and muscular and dark, studded with what Holly imagined were little taste buds. She opened her mouth and sucked the tip of his tongue. It tasted like the center of a rare steak, metallic and savory. Rocky let out a little, uh, let out a squeaky little gasp, almost bird-like in its tenor. Holly giggled. I can see now how modern birds are your descendants, she murmured mirthfully against his tongue flesh. A cheese, I see. Rumbled Rocky in a voice so deep it sounded to vibrate. It seemed to vibrate through Holly's entire body. Then in one smooth movement, he took the blunt edge of one killing claw and carried her into his dwelling, closing the door behind him with one hind leg. He brought her into his bedroom and flipped her over onto the enormous dinosaur-sized bed on her back so that she was fully exposed to him. He hooked the other killing claw under her dress and pulled it up over her head and then pulled her leggings off. Within a few seconds, she was entirely naked. You look so delicious, rumbled Rocky and began to lick her. His tongue was three feet long and thickly muscled and Rocky had perfect control of it. He dragged it across her face, leaving slick little rivulets of lubricating saliva in its wake and made circles in the most sensitive parts of her neck uh, where it met her shoulders. Where should I put my tongue that feels best? Wordlessly, Holly pointed to the gushing wetness between her legs. Oh, like us, I understand. May I? At her nod, Rocky dove in. His tongue was relentless. He licked Holly with abandon in places she hadn't known she could be licked. He traced his tongue from her upper thighs into her love swamp, moist and humid as the crustaceous jungle in the Utah Raptors' ancestors would have stalked through in their search for food. He licked her as if she were the only source of dietary salt within a hundred kilometers. Rocky's feathers brushed against Holly's nipples, her arms, her inner thighs as the dinosaur rocked his body above her. His taste buds were little uh, speed bumps of passion as he found the center of her pleasure, circling it over and over with his tentacular tongue, as if forming a perfect, uh, that white stuff on lemon. Meringue, oh. meringue. Holly could barely hold on to her consciousness. Her entire body was overtaken by the sensations radiating from the place where her love button met her lover's tongue. She gave a mewling cry and another writhing on rocky sheets as his enormous bed, um, as the first convulsions overtook her. And then she was in another space entirely, a space in which the only things in existence were feathers and tongue and the heady, half-fruity smell of dinosaur breath and the delicious rippling waves of the orgasm as they washed over her like waves on the shore of the Great Salt Lake. When she was able to speak again, Holly whispered, Rocky, that was... I think I succeeded. Did I succeed? Rocky's eye was again in front of her face. The blunt thickness of his right claw was pressed between her legs as if sealing her arousal in. I've never felt like that, ever. I've, I've dreamed of you doing that so many times over the years, Rocky. It's even better than I imagined. My God. May I ask another question? Of course. Is it true that human women, can they do that more than once? It is, said Holly, as another wave of arousal swept over her. In that case, 
Rocky gestured to the place between his own legs, where, where it had been smooth. There now protruded a thick, pale length of flesh, hard and cylindrical, twitching slightly. But I'm afraid I will hurt you. Uh, then she sucks his dick. Um, no one has ever... He breathed, barely audible. No one has ever touched me there. My virgin dinosaur laughed Holly in a low voice. It was her turn to lick. Uh... To her delight, his member seemed to generate its own slick, slimy lubricant. His flesh was pale like a cantaloupe and tasted of salt and fish sauce and the deep earthy musk of him. <laughs> the scent that had first captivated her in the high school hallway. After several minutes, Rocky groaned from deep in his belly and reached down and flipped her over again. He moved his feathered form so that he was poised to enter her. You may, whispered Holly. I'll be fine. It stretches. And so he did. Jesus. That is. Yeah. It's such strong writing for such a I fucked know. up topic. Like it's just wild. Oh, I know. I know it. And you know, I, 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 I laughed, but I was also like, what a guy, what a guy <laughs> like, the whole time. <laughs> You're like, is he still single? <laughs> Here's the thing is that like, it's for, it's forgivable, right? Like, yeah, he's musky. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. His dick smells like fish sauce. He's a dinosaur. Like, yeah, his breast smells like raw meat. Cause he's a dinosaur. Like it's forgivable. I that those are passes. Like it didn't even gross me out. I was just like, well, of course, of course he's a giant lizard. Of course. So oh 10 out of 10. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love you, Renee. I just want you to know that. And you know what? I'm going to read more from Lola Faust because I loved everything. I mean, you're two for two. Two for two. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> what are you reading, baby girl? I hope it says they say buddy in it. Oh, no. I should look up a buddy. Instead, I was just going to read you the um, the 12 kinks. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So it's basically the first page in a bit um, that just talks about what they were. Okay. So, <clears throat> Kit pulled the filter down, gentling the light on the metal. Ooh, pretty. He found a bright blue filter next, humming. A dozen nipple clamps arranged on shiny Christmas paper. It was perfect. Every day for the last week and a half, he'd sent a photo to jazz underscore book at jazzwrites.com. One butt plug made from rainbow-colored glass, two pairs of handcuffs, three leather foggers, four French ticklers, <laughs> five cock rings six bull whips seven velvet blindfolds eight vibrating sounds which if you don't know what sounds are uh nine leather g-strings ten wooden leg spreaders eleven bright red ball gags now the twelve nipple clamps are perfect kinky and fun and sent from anonymous email so jasper never had to know the doorbell rang, followed immediately by knocking, and there was only one person who ever did that. Jasper. Damn it. He covered up the clamps with a drop cloth and headed to ring Jasper in. Damn it. Damn it. Come on, buddy. Open up! Jasper sounded happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, bud. Come on, bud. Sit out here freezing my balls off. Also, also, they say, like, fuck a lot. Like, it's like, like a lot, a lot. So it's very much giving Canadiana because it's like, come on, buddy, open up. Uh, that's an accent we've never done on this show. It's like a real hoser one. Um, but yes, yeah, so he was like, hey, you, come on up. Kit grinned, shook his head. Figured, didn't it? This was a bad time for his best friend slash crust slash obsession slash whatever the fuck ever to show up. But still, the elevator creaked and groaned. And a minute later, Jasper was opening the wooden grating, grinning like crazy. Tell me you love me. Oh, that was easy. I adore you. Jasper's brin got wider and he shook his head. No, no, you love me. Digging in his satchel, Jasper pulled out something rectangle shaped. I do, if only Jasper knew. So what is it? These are two tickets to Ireland. We, as in you and me, are going to Ireland to take pictures of pubs. The insides, the outsides, pubs, Ireland, the whole month of March. Jasper waved the tickets under his nose. No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> so again, we're we're right in that we're we're right in the and then like literally it's like that's fucking perfect, man. We'll have a ball, you and me. 
You want a beer, man? Yeah, I love one. We need to bone up on how many, uh, we need to bone up on how American beer tastes before we take on stuff from the British Isles. It's just like dude broy as fuck, and I don't hate it, but the buddy was was a lot. Hey, buddy! Hey, buddy! Like just like you okay, buddy? Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, I'm mom, chum, <laughs> exactly. It's giving, like you said, it's giving Letter Kenny like the fucks up, fuck nut. Like it's giving. <laughs> Um, but yet, like, still, like, tenderness in their, like, fucking, and, like, there's a part where they're just, like, making out, and then they open their eyes and look at each other, and they're just, like, smiling, like, oh my god, I can't believe we're doing this, and I'm like, I love that shit! So that's why it threw me to also have it be like, hey, bud, what's up, bud? But Mm. it did. Um, so those were the 12 kinks of Christmas, which, um, I don't, have we ever had a book with sounds? I don't think. Oh I've yeah, ever... and you know what? I've I've also had books that had Spotify playlists in them. Yes, but did they have sounds, as in like a sound rod? Oh, oh no, no, I don't think so. Okay, because this was the first time I ever think we saw mention of yeah. sounds and sounds. For people who don't know what they are, they are metal rods. That you literally insert into the penis. Your pee-pee. And I think you can also technically put sounds inside of a woman. Like inside of a urethra. Like a woman or like if, if you have a vulva. I feel like that's also a thing. Again. Probably. We are, we are not here to yuck people's yums. But sounds. <laughs> sounds are also not. I mean they're not for the faint of heart. But they're also not for amateurs. <laughs> no. No. You have to all. like be super sterile and you have to do all this stuff. I don't understand how that could be pleasurable, but again, I'm also not a masochist. So you know what I will say though, just in my own experience with them is I love a catheter. Like there, I have to do so much during the day. So when I have to go to the hospital, (laughs) I've had surgery or whatever. And they give me a catheter. I'm just like, yes, give it to me. I don't have to get up to pee. It just takes care of itself. So big fan of that. Um, I know it's not the same. I know, but that's just, that's my personal experience with having things in my pee hole. Um, I've and never I would recommend. had a catheter, so. Oh my God. It's the best. It's the best. I, she got, I, she got a bag and then somebody comes and they, they empty it for you. Like it ain't no thing. You're just like, do you thank feel you, your, Martha. Do yeah. you feel yourself peeing? No. Cause it goes right in your bladder. So you literally have no concept of like, you, but do you have a feeling of like, I, w- I did have to pee and now I don't have to anymore? Or do you just literally no. not even feel an urge to pee? No, because it empties it as it comes. That's it's crazy. literally just like a crazy straw up your pee <laughs> hole into your bladder. It empties it as it comes. Like, it, it's does amazing. It does it, does the... No, no, but like, so it goes up and then it opens up kind of a little bit like an IUD, but not as wide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it stays in there. Um, and so it, it can feel uncomfortable coming out and you do run the risk of getting a UTI, but like worth it. <laughs> well, it's a bigger uh, risk having sex. Oh yeah. I mean, not that one. I've never had a UTI. So that's also that, but, um, I've had surgery like other than dental surgery, I've had surgery once and I think I just wasn't put under for long enough to have to get a catheter. Cause like my whole surgery beginning to end was like three hours or something, but Oh my god, I've had them so many times, and it's the best! Although, That's it's possible that they... they <laughs> like, they would tell... Like, because I was like, I don't... There's no way they would just do that and not tell me, I'm assuming. No, I think they would. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I don't think I've ever had it, but... But sound... No, I mean, like, I think they would they would not tell you. I think they'd just do it. Oh, really? Even if you're getting, yeah. like, surgery on your neck? Which is what I was getting? Definitely. Like, if you're under, I think they do the catheter. I'm going to ask a nurse. I have a nurse friend. I'll ask her. All right. If you're a listener and you're a nurse and you know, tell me if you were getting your thyroid removed, which is what happened to me, would you have a catheter? And if so, I have zero recollection of it, nor do I, I have, yeah, zero. It was not a thing. I just remember coming out of anesthesia and I get violently ill when I get put under, like profoundly nauseous. And I just remember waking up to the nurse, like yelling at me, which I now know they have to do because they have to wake you. And me and my dad have the same problem, which is when we get like 
you know, some people have difficulty like getting frozen or being put under me and my dad have the problem of like, we don't want to get up. Mm. (laughs) Like you put me under and I'm like, cool. I'm just dead now and in a coma. Like I just go like full Terry Schiavo. (laughs) Like it's a problem. And so I just remember waking up to this nurse being like, Jolie, Jolie. And I just remember being like, thinking to myself, like she's so rude. And then the nausea hit me and I threw up on her and it was the most excruciating experience because I had just had a chunk of my neck removed and now I'm throwing up. Uh, So that's all I remember. I don't remember being like, I really have to pee or it's weird that I don't have to pee or like, I feel like someone was touching my vulva. No, I just remember being like, I don't like, I want to go back to having a little dodo because- Here's what I, I think they have to put in the catheter because sometimes you can't walk well after you've been put under. So you might not be able to watch the bathroom, right? I guess, but I mean, there's also day surgery. So was mine, but I definitely had a catheter, but maybe I asked them for it. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, you show up to the hospital with a writer. <laughs> it's like, could you do me a favor, please? Um, yeah, but like, so when I, I've only been put under once, um, like I, I was awake from my cesarean section and like all that business, right? But I was put under last year um, and I had piercings and things. So last year I had to like have my nails taken off, all my like shellac polish. I had to take out all my piercings, all these things. But I had a piercing, I had a hood piercing, right? Mm-hmm. Right in my like chocha, right? And I was like, they're not going in through there. So do I have to take it out? And they're like, just put some tape on it and they won't take it out. I was like, okay. Motherfuckers took it out and I was much fatter last year and couldn't figure out how to put it back in. So it's not there anymore. And it it's so infuriating because they didn't need to. They did it out of spite. And uh, I mean, I got the catheter though. So it's like, I guess. <laughs> Tit for tat? Yeah, I think so. I but think that's so, so but yeah, like that, I don't know. Like just that whole, ooh, it just feels so invasive to like wake up and be like, my piercing, my genital piercing is gone. I didn't ask yeah. for that. And here's the thing is like, they they took it out. It was like a, it was a ring. So they took it, I'd had this thing since I was 15 years old. And I had it through two babies, including one cesarean section. Nobody ever took it out. I'd had to have it taken out a couple times and then I had to put it back in, not a big deal. Um, but they took it out. They put the captive bead back in and then put it in a pill bottle and gave it to me. And I was like, the fuck is this? I was like, yeah. you're laughing at me now. You're laughing. <laughs> like, you're too old for this, sweetheart. So, yeah. Rude. I don't know. Super rude. But you know what? It just on the, I, I was thinking when you were talking about like the, the 12 Kings of, of Christmas and stuff, maybe for next week, we each pick six kinks mm-hmm. from our favorite reads of 2023. Like, what were our favorite kinks of the year? Mm. And and we'll we'll share that. I love it doesn't this. have to be like 12, whatever, like whatever. No, no, just pick pick six things. Yeah. Mine are gonna be weird. Of yeah. course, they are. you just read a story about someone fucking a dinosaur. No part of it. And I loved it. It'll be on the list. <laughs> All right, y'all, you heard it here. If you want to know what our favorite kinks of this particular season were, we're going to drop it to you next week's episode. Stick around for that gem. Be so good. Be so good. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, Renee. Oh, my God. I'm not going to get to talk to you again until after Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Happy ho-ho. Happy ho to you, ho. <laughs> Ho, recognize ho. I love you. I love you too. Do you want to sing us out? Sure do. Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the show is created by Kevin McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushigiyami. That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-Y-A-M-I on Instagram. Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. I'm opening it.
opening. If Josh, if you're listening, I'm opening with the dinosaur. Okay. Just if if you wanna if you wanna if you want like no no pressure. Oh, Josh, do what you do. Do what you do. Okay, here we go. Rocky whispered to her, a glorious fount of meat breath that bathed her face in a, del- a delicate mist of saliva. Yes, whispered Holly. Yes, it's wonderful. Rocky flicked his tongue. His tongue was long and muscular and dark. She opened her mouth and sucked the tip of his tongue. It tasted like the center of a rare steak, metallic and savory. Rocky let out a little, uh, let out a squeaky little gasp, almost bird-like in its tenor. Holly giggled. I can see now how modern birds are your descendants, she murmured mirthfully against his tongue flesh. She rumbled Rocky in a voice so deep it sounded to vibrate. It seemed to vibrate through Holly's entire body. Then in one smooth movement, he took the blunt edge of one killing claw and carried her into his dwelling, closing the door behind him with one hind leg. He brought her into his bedroom and flipped her over onto the enormous dinosaur-sized bed on her back so that she was fully exposed to him. Within a few seconds, she was entirely naked. Bubbled Rocky and began to lick her. His tongue was three feet long and thickly muscled and Rocky had perfect control of it. He dragged it across her face, leaving slick little rivulets of lubricating saliva in its wake and made circles in the most sensitive parts of her neck, uh, where it met her shoulders. Wordlessly, Holly pointed to the gushing wetness between her legs. At her nod, Rocky dove in. His taste buds were little uh, speed bumps of passion as he found the center of her pleasure, circling it over and over with his tentacular tongue as if forming a perfect meringue. Meringue. Holly could barely hold on to her consciousness. Her entire body was overtaken by the sensations radiating from the place where her love button met her lover's tongue. She gave a mewling cry and another, writhing on rocky sheets as his enormous bed, um, uh, as the first convulsions overtook her. And then she was in another space entirely, a space in which the only things... In existence were feathers and tongue and the heady, half-fruity smell of dinosaur breath and the delicious rippling waves of the orgasm as they washed over her like waves on the shore of the Great Salt Lake. When she was able to speak again, Holly whispered, Rocky, that was... Rocky's eye was again in front of her face. The blunt thickness of his right claw was pressed between her legs as if sealing her arousal in. I've never felt like that, ever. I've, I've dreamed of you doing that so many times over the years, Rocky. It's even better than I imagined. My God. Of course. It is, said Holly, as another wave of arousal swept over her. Rocky gestured to the place between his own legs, where, where it had been smooth. There now protruded a thick, pale length of flesh, hard and cylindrical, twitching slightly. She sucks his dick. Um, he breathed, barely audible. My virgin dinosaur laughed Holly in a low voice. It was her turn to lick. Okay, cum guzzler, whatever. 